and welcome to another episode of the Pond Theater. Uh, or I, I would put on the Borat accent, but I, I'm not very good with those. It, I guess it's Russian. No, it's not Russian. It's a type of. It's somewhere over in Europe that I've, I've never. I, I don't know too much about, so I don't know how I can capture that that impersonation. But yeah, that is a big movie we'll be talking about. Uh, sequel to a cult classic. And years later, Sasha Baron Cohen, he's back at it again. Although he's been kind of playing these similar roles throughout the years, not just with movies to try to be inspired by Borat, but he, he even has a TV show out there. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I think it's uh, Here is America or This is America. Yeah, but I mean, he's been putting on these characters for years. So now going back to the original source, Borat, can he can lightning strike twice? Well, you've been reading the news probably today. Uh, so that answer might be yes, but we will uh, definitely share our thoughts about the whole movie and then we will talk about that scene uh, i mean there is a spoiler we won't share but that's particular scene that needs to be talked about that isn't a spoiler because it, when it's all over the news and it's why i will say this guy is brilliant even to this point i mean i think he's a great actor uh, through and through regardless if he's in a movie i enjoy and Quite a few times he's in movies that I'm not too crazy about, but I'm going to explain why I think he is a genius from what he did with this movie. And then we got a couple of indie films or smaller films. Disney Plus has this drama Clouds, which is based on a true story. A uh, inspiring musician who made a song called Clouds that was a big sensational hit and then he died three years after, uh, unfortunately, to cancer. So this is about his life and everything. And then Over the Moon, directed by a veteran animator from Disney, Glenn King. He is the guy who created the Beast in Beauty and the Beast and also worked on lots of 90s Disney hits. So this is his first movie, or at least uh, his latest film that I know of. I don't know if he's done uh, some other films or independently, but this is probably the biggest that he's made so far distributed by Netflix. So we will talk about that film. And that is what we have on the show today. And I know the other big movie that came out this week is uh, Witches. We'll talk about that next week, along with the South Park pandemic special and On the Rocks. And uh, yeah, that is all. I know there's other things like the, oh my gosh, it's Justin! <laughs> okay, oops, just was like, oh no, don't scream. Hey, he has he has a face. He does. He's not a black box anymore. Hey yeah, and he's got the nice cap on. He's ready for a baseball game. Okay. And, and, that, and that nice beard. Are you liking the beard? Yes, I, I'm really liking the beard. What is the World Series? Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. you got a nice beard as well. Yeah. Uh, it is World Series time. So yeah. yeah. Oh, the Dodgers are in it, right? My confused. In it. I wish I cared because uh, they. Have... No, no, they're in it. Uh, but I, I, I like the Padres because I'm from San Diego, so ah. I actually just like the Dodgers a lot. <laughs> I'm in the wrong city for them, but uh, I do like the you know, you know, the you know, 
the most. So I really hope they beat Tampa Bay. Anyway, yeah. enough about baseball. How about we get back to some movies? Of course. Big movies are coming out, and whether or not they're the $200 million blockbusters we're all waiting for. And we'll just see how that goes next year. Forget about those expensive movies. Let's talk about the cheaper ones for cheapskakes like us. I guess not, because Borat's been a popular character for years, as I've mentioned before. Except I... Uh, it's interesting with Sasha Baron Cohen playing these wacky characters where he disguises himself in an accent and a goofy costume and embarrasses the heck out of real people. He's somehow able to get away with it in some degree over so many years, except for, I think the, uh, was it the dictator? That one felt very staged. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that actually a narrative film, though? That wasn't like him pranking like, on real he people. He was still doing that. Like he went, there was a scene in the trailer where he went to some real security guards and talking about uh, going to visit Obama. Uh, yeah, it, it's still it was it was narrative uh, focused mostly. And I've only seen Bruno, and I was not crazy about that film. There were certain moments I laughed, but it wasn't a film I was totally into. I heard of his show was great. Is great the the Ollie G show or his current show? His current show, and there was a politician that he got fired because he convinced this politician to pull down his pants and chase after him while screaming the N word. No, this is real. Like an actual professional politician just uh, voluntarily pull down his pants, talk about USA, uh, talking about hurting black people. And he got fired like the next day. So this dude is able to catch uh, people at their, just catch them on their BS and, and just embarrass the heck out of them. And that's that show's called who is America, by the way. Yeah. So now we're at a point where we know this guy or we should know this guy so can he pull this off again playing as the a character people know about uh doing what he does of uh making real people feel awkward and and ma- making them feel punked out and uh like, like they've been tricked and everything it's interesting because this goes both ways. You mentioned The Dictator being more of a narrative film. This one has a narrative as well. See, Borat, he has uh, not been... The, the the government over at his country, they do not like him. They're upset with him. They're like, hey, you got this one job here. Uh, go take this crazy little girl and offer him to the great leaders over in America, such as McDonald Trump and Mike Pencil or, or Mitt Pence. That, that was something that got me when he said McDonald Trump. I'm like, did no one actually say that or mention that before? I, I guess not. I mean, no view's been called like Orange Head or Cheeto Man, but McDonald Trump, that's new. All right, that, that's points already. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect that, but... Now he's got to go to America. 
take this girl and make her appealing to the conservatives. His daughter. Yeah, his daughter is what we, what, what she disowns because he finds his daughter eating, uh, well, it is implied that there is a, there was like a dead corpse because uh, he found her in this box with another Mother. person that uh, she apparently ate. So he's at the beginning, he's not really uh, uh, crazy about her. He's trying to get rid of her. While that meeting real people, from what I know, non-actors. And the way how it plays out, I like at the very beginning, he does actually acknowledge his fame. Because there are people who re- immediately recognize him on the street. Like at the beginning, he's uh, like, well, this is really hard because everybody sees me. And you got people chasing after him. Borat! Oh my gosh, I love you, Borat! And he's just running away from everybody. So he's got to put on more costumes, more goofy outfits. Uh, at the beginning, it had things that I was not crazy. I, I did not like about uh, Bruno. And that is just the the just the random shock humor. Like, that doesn't even lead to anything. Before he even gets to America, there's a joke about a chopped off penis that he sits on. And I didn't even find that funny. I was like, okay, why why do we have that this here? All right. And there, there are plenty of times where you'll see dicks. And I'm like, all right, I guess he's got to do that. That's him. You talk about vaginas. And Bruno? Oh, Bruno, there, there was a whole scene in Bruno where he was just swinging his penis around in front of a bunch of executives. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, just like Borat, that's a character from the show. Yeah. Um, I've never seen either, but... Uh, I uh, saw Bruno yeah. with my parents. Okay, well, <laughs> wow. That, uh, that one joke you mentioned about the chair, that's a reference to a character from the first film. Okay, all right. I did not see the first movie, so I just took that like, okay, all right. I guess you haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. So he's got his shock humor here as well. In some, it doesn't work. There's a whole scene they just set up. It it feels like okay, we're doing this just because we want to go embarrass someone. Like uh, his daughter eats a cupcake that's got a fake baby statue or toy so they go and talk to this guy is like hey i need to get this baby out of my daughter i i put a baby in my daughter and they're trying to make it seem like uh, okay he th- thinks an actual baby is in there but it was really a toy and they make jokes and it about was it. like a, it was a heavily christian based like yeah doctor. yeah so, yeah, yeah. Pro, pro, pro life. <laughs> the type of people who would set fires to Planned Parenthood. Uh, but yeah, that scene, I, I thought there was some script to it, and which in the type of humor that's worked with Borat, that scene to me, it didn't. Like I, I didn't find that funny, but there were plenty of scenes that I laughed my butt off. And some of it was actually part of the story between Borat and his daughter, who is played by an actress not very known over here. Uh, Maria Bakova. Yeah, yeah. And I like, what I really like about her is that nobody over in America knows her. So that that 
immediately removes the belief that there is some there that there is a possibility of having some actors or some people uh, looking at a script and saying okay this is what i gotta react and think about and everything is just unscripted he she goes in a room full of what is a bunch of conservative moms and just scars the heck out of everybody by talking about what it's like to uh, experience a vagina. And I love that scene because every they just walked into a trap, all of them. They're like, oh, honey, you go, you go right ahead. Go on the stage. And she's like, I just had something very wonderful today. I put my finger in my vagina. And you see, you just have to move your finger like this and that and... The all the moms are like, what are we dead? What are we doing? Oh no! What? Get her off the stage! And they even try to be nice yeah. about. It. Oh, oh, darling, you're so sweet. Okay, get her an Uber. <laughs> so that's one thing that really works about her is the fact that she is able to carry this formula. And there is net no point where I, I felt like anybody she is any random person she is working with knows okay this is a character so i'm going to react uh a certain way no you you can tell that nobody in here knew this person was fake especially the person at the end of this movie who got blasted all over the news uh after it came out and we're about to we'll get to that but and I just love her chemistry with Borat. I think it makes this film highly entertaining when he got those two together and he got Borat trying to adapt to things, not just with it, with all the stereotypes, but also just being a dad. Uh, I mean, it's something you've seen in movies before, but I like the way they kind of spin, put a spin on it with Borat, especially how crazy and weird this guy is. And he even discovers things about Jews because that's the thing about this guy is he's he openly admits he's a racist uh, dad and he hates Jews. He wants them to burn. And I like him finally trying to uh, lay that to rest, like lay a bunch of things that is was set up about this character in the first place. Uh, so this does feel like an advancement even though yeah, it is a sequel and he is adapting, uh, finding new ways to not just prank people, but also to kind of add on to this character he created in ways that are very brilliant. Before going into this movie, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to think about it, but I, I don't know. I really enjoyed myself as it went on but what about you uh cody i mean here's the thing making a sequel to a comedy is perhaps the hardest thing anyone can do very few of them work and it's usually because you're trying to recapture that lightning in the bottle and what often happens is that you're trying to hit up on those greatest hits and play the same jokes again and oftentimes they're not funny the second time around. So yeah, I think he does a really good job of adapting what he's doing to make a sequel with this character that because this film was very popular, I mean, people were doing bad Borat impressions for years after the film came out and it was a TV show character as well. 
The only difference I think and might hurt the movie down the line is that this movie definitely has a very clear agenda and a very topical issue that's going on right now. So I don't know because the first Borat was more of like making fun of American culture and the hypocrisy of it, which this one does too, but there are definitely some very 2020 moments here that I don't know how it'll play in four to eight years, but yeah, the relationship with his daughter and she's great in this movie and hilarious. And there are some truly great gags in here. Like when he sneaks into the, uh, hotel or motel wherever mike pence is speaking at that's great um you have just a really sweet relationship as you mentioned and there's also some really dark corners of american society they unlock and but they also find some good stuff going on like that lady that babysits her for oh yeah, yeah yeah so there's some really touching moments and yeah, I heard a lot of people saying this was not as good as the first film, and maybe it's not, but this is a pretty solid sequel, and I think he does a a great job of adapting and, like you said, growing the character into the times we're living in. And yeah, he clearly has an agenda, and there's a distinct reason they wanted this film to come out before the election broke. But yeah, I enjoyed it, and I was laughing out loud quite a bit. Uh, what about you, Justin? I loved it. I mean, it's hilarious. It's hard not to laugh at the things that he's doing and what it is. It is it's timely as well, but it may be too timely. I mean, there is a, um, you know, COVID-related stuff in there. People are wearing masks, and it, he filmed during the pandemic. Um, I, I, it's hard. You're right about the comedies and sequels trying to come out and trying to hit that lightning in a bottle. To me, that is what people normally aim for, but you don't have to. You can still do something else and make it still really, really funny. And I think that he did that here. I I think it's less uh, uh, surprises, like shock value, than what happened in Borat. But that's okay, because this is more of a true comedy than a shock value comedy. Um, I thought, yeah, the chemistry between them is just phenomenal. Uh, the whole story, you know, she, because when you meet her, she's like super quote unquote, like ugly and not attractive. So then what do you, they go on this road trip uh, to fix her. And so she gets her nails done and learns how to be a woman. And that's why she was talking to those ladies about touching her vagine. You know, she didn't know anything about that. She's only known it from this book that uh, Borat had, uh, you know, that he lives by. Um, and because if he didn't give her as a present, then he would be executed in so uh, that was what the whole you know movie is about Um, I loved it when he was hanging out with the those like uh, you know I guess the Texans I don't even know where they were yeah Yeah, that was that was great he was quarantining with two like rednecks I guess Uh, and it was he was learning from them as as much as (laughs) learning like they don't know who he is you know so he was uh uh, that whole scene was just hilarious. I, I loved it from the beginning to end. I thought this was a really, really funny movie. Um, and yeah, it's it's not as good as Borat, but it is different than Borat, and it is just as funny. And I mean, I think people should, like, you can even have separate be separate movies, because uh, you haven't even seen Borat, right, Chase? 
No, but I've seen Bruno. I I definitely think this movie is much better than Bruno. I would agree with that. I haven't even seen that one. Uh, But, you know, the bigger guy in Borat was was another reason why Borat worked so well in the first one. He's not in this one. So, you know, it relies on him and the girl, and it totally works. It's a a fantastic, funny film. That whole thing with the rednecks, though, that was another scene where I had no idea if if it was staged at all. Because the whole thing about inviting random people over to your house, but maybe for all I know, that was entirely real. And there are plenty well, can, of people. What? I can see like production going up to them and saying, hey, we need this guy to stay at your place. We're recording him for this documentary. You know, they probably added that it was about COVID. We'll pay you to do it. And then, you know, why not? Especially okay. if you don't, if you don't care about not wearing masks and social distancing like, yeah why not? i mean because they they were they were like redneck conservatives they were talking about how uh democrats were the ones who created the virus and all that and at first when they were going about it, i was like okay this definitely feels like acting but then i remembered there are people out there who believe this in fact right now there is this whole thing about i think it was QAnon, but this there's some thing about i think it was like the pan the virus was oh created by or no uh the virus can or it was something about babies becoming uh demons or something like that i i forgot what it was about but i remember it was brought up to trump and because trump retweeted all these crazy stories which the interesting thing is we talk about whether or not he can pull this off again and fool more people but some of these scenes that are in this movie were actually reported on uh, news. Like when he went up to embarrass Mike Pence during his speech. Uh, that was actually on, I think, CNN or ABC News. They covered that. At the time, they didn't even have an identification for who that person was. Yeah, they didn't uh, know who he was because of how he looked. Although the part, because after he talked to the rednecks he, he performed live and made this racist song for a bunch of uh you know rednecks and that was also reported on the news which uh they did actually uh report they did actually say that was sasha bear cohen on the stage but no one knew what his purpose was other than he'd eat a saying and people just chanted the song for 20 minutes and and it, they, that news came out like right after people were saying no we knew this is Sasha Bear Cohen we weren't fooled by this and then there was a camera uh, showing everything going no you, you guys were fooled you were singing along it took you 20 or 30 minutes to realize this guy wasn't who you think he was so that brings us to the ultimate prank which was uh, right at the climax now there is a Spoiler we won't share regarding the narrative part, but this has been all over the news and you cannot talk about this movie without mentioning what happened with uh, President Trump's best friend who so happened to make an appearance uh, towards the climax. Uh, What's the guy's name? Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, who has also donald trump's uh, attorney i think Mm -hmm. and they got him to do this uh, fake or fake interview like he actually believed this was a real interview a real station 
and the reason is you can tell this was not staged at all. There was no look into his eyes that he was looking at. He was paying attention to his script. Like he actually thought he was doing an interview with this attractive uh, foreign lady. And before we even get to the part that everybody's talking about, he's bringing in cues to where you're like, okay, this guy might be a pedophile because he's like wiping his hand or wiping like some cloth around his mouth. And he's like, oh, sweetheart, you can tell me anything you want. And and they're in in a, a, a... Borat, he actually came in and interrupted the interview originally, and he didn't once go like, okay, what, what's going on here? He's like, well, that's over. Now, back to us. And the part where he got caught the most, yeah, yeah. The part where he got caught the most was when they went to his uh, hotel room, and he laid on the bed. Uh, I think he pulled his pants down, but he wouldn't, he just rubbed his crotch like he went into his trousers it seemed like he was about to masturbate but you like you saw you guys saw this right like this was it was like holy crud i cannot believe i'm seeing this in 2020 he fooled some very uh rich and powerful people because this guy was caught uh doing a pedophile act towards this 15 year old girl and of course, Borat eventually interrupted. He's like, he even shouted out, he is, she is too young for you. What are you doing? And he reacted like he was trying to have sex with this girl and getting mad that she, he got cock blocked. Because uh, he, he didn't like say, oh no, what have I done? No, he's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. I'm like, okay, okay, what? So... You can imagine this getting blown up to news and now he's having to defend himself on Twitter, not doing a good job, saying all of it is fake. And he, I'm like, dude, okay, just, you're going to get fired from this. I'm sorry. Well, maybe you aren't because I I don't know what what they'll do, but yeah, his career is gone. That is no way. No, no, there's no way. He he's not going away. There's no way that this is gonna stop him from his power. No way. Well, I don't know because people keep talking about it. They keep I pressing mean, this, on him on it. This is it hasn't gone away yeah, yet. Yeah, but it's just like the Black Lives Matter and the cops getting arrested and, and going, you know, getting their due diligence. It's not. It's not gonna happen. It's but just, it's also it's right before the election too, which is why yeah. he released it and when he did. <laughs> So and yeah. I was able to watch last night. They decided to release it during the debate. Yeah, so you had the option of watching the debate. Did they release it last night? I think they did. Yeah, they sure did. Oh wow! Yeah. So so you guys say there's not really going to be a, a, a long term effect from this scene. I think sadly Justin's right. I mean, he may have to disappear from the limelight for a while, but I don't think like he's going to be like completely gone. I don't even see him sidestepping the limelight. I think he's going to stay exactly where he is. And of course, we don't know what's going to happen because the election hasn't happened yet either. So it all depends on if Trump gets reelected, probably nothing's going to happen to him. 
If Trump loses, yeah, maybe he'll be gone for a while, but he'll probably come back as some kind of pundit on Fox News or something. Well, yeah, there's been talk about that Trump News Network that's being built. So that's why I'm saying if Trump loses, he's still going to be around, but in a different way, unfortunately. So, yeah, maybe he'll be on that. I mean, there are crazy people out there that are still doing I mean, Kevin Spacey got caught for grabbing dick, and he's still doing videos out or crazy videos out there and sometimes acting uh is he still acting in like actual movies and tv though there was a film he was in recently that no one saw of course but yeah that came that came out like right as the whole me too movement started i think it's called the the billion dollar boys or something like that oh but yeah you see the kevin spacey in borat too yeah that joke uh, oh, <laughs> oh my god oh, yeah. yeah 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 but i mean yeah I, he, 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 he at all of them. I still think this whether or not this has a long-term effect i still think this guy is a genius because he just keeps finding ways to fool people you think that people know yeah know him by now but i I don't know. He's he's finding ways. If it's not for out of him, it's for out of a new character. So yeah, I uh, I give this a high good. I really enjoyed myself. It didn't start out great, but as it kept going, and then the twist after this scene, I was like, oh, holy crud! Everything just all pulls together in the one hilarious conclusion. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, what about you, Cody? Are you going to give... I'm going to give it a solid good. This movie completely surprised me how much I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was going to be that great. Um, my only concern is about how timely this movie is. But as the movie says in the end, please go vote. Please oh, go yeah. vote. Yeah, it does say that. Uh, with also a uh, European version of just the two of us. Like, before, I, I even watched listen to that right as the credits roll. I was like, oh, wait, I, you know what? I'm going to listen to this song. Uh, anyway, and yeah, Justin, you you probably say must watch or... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's a key thing between a high good and a must watch. Um, it's definitely a must watch because of uh, of what you do learn from it and what you what comes of it. Um, but uh, yeah, high good because it's still a hilarious comedy movie that uh, will make you laugh, and I think we all need some laughs. Yeah, right about now. Definitely right about four months ago. <laughs> yeah. This whole year. <laughs> now that blink gets us to our next film, Clouds, which came out last week, Disney Plus. <laughs> Cloud. What? Clouds. Clouds. Oh, the sky is so bright. Except for this story, because it's about a kid who uh, got cancer and died at the age of 18. And it's, it is very tragic, but there is, a, there is a happy story to it. Because he wanted to be a musician. And he's like, you want, let's write a couple of songs. And one of them eventually got a number one hit. In fact, when this movie came on disney plus i think the song clouds rose back up on the charts because uh, you can still listen to the song now on spotify or itunes or wherever like it's interesting to see this be a part of history but also that yeah, this guy's legacy has not left 
anyone. I mean, it's been a big inspiration to stop cancer from taking out kids at such a young age. And it's very, uh, it's sad, but there's a beautiful thing about how he was able to enjoy at least the extremely short life he had and that people really cherish and love his songs and that got got very popular on the internet. So I, I look at this on kind of both ways. Now, when you put that to a biopic, well... Then you, you, you go to movie format, which means either A, we are going to respect the story and pay tribute to the guy, or B, we're going to dramatize the heck out of this for the little teenagers. Because, you know, there's a genre of this called the cancer uh, teenager genre. Yeah, Fallen, Your, Fallen Our Stars... Uh, five feet apart there was so many of these was it uh outer outer space there was a the boy or out of space i still believe it came out yeah. yeah there was a couple other ones i'm i'm blanking out oh i think it's tomorrow tomorrow or God, is there I, one with the sun in the title too the sun something yeah and i keep forgetting about the them also- I, I keep forgetting about them because they all feel the same except five feet apart that was just some weird fever dream but for the all these other films, it's like okay, we're a, a movie that might be oh another one that that religious faith based film that me and Justin saw back in March. Yeah, Justin oh. mentioned the title already. Oh, oh I still sorry. believe. Yeah. Oh, I still <laughs> believe. Yeah, yeah. And with this, uh, you know what? There were some very sweet parts to this. And I think the sweetest things is when they are following the parts on uh, the real life story of him discovering music and about it getting very popular and that he achieved something uh, in his short life, which is very sweet because, I mean, that's the whole conflict at the beginning is getting this homework assignment. What do you want to be in life? And like, well, I don't, I don't get that because according to the hospital, I'm going to be gone in six or 12 months, possibly. And that's a very inspiring thing for people, especially who are dealing with illness, terminal illness or cancer. And just the whole thing where we don't know if that person's going to make it, which we always want this person to make it. I don't think anybody... Cancer is a uh, horrific thing and mostly horrific if you're super young because you don't even get to have a life. Those questions get brought up. There are some very inspiring words brought up in this film that I definitely appreciate. That being said, this film is still pretty BS because you read the real story and then you watch this movie, you'll be like, oh, they exaggerate the crap out of this thing. <laughs> and the teenager being Zach uh, Sobiech, uh, who is played by Finn Argus in this movie. Yeah, they dramatize the heck out of this thing. The first thing that got to me was that Zach, for, he loves to tell jokes about his death. And at the beginning, I was like, okay, 
all right, it's not funny, but I'm like, okay, you were trying to be like, okay, I have to make some levity out of this so I don't keep myself depressed. I, I get it. But it keeps going and he keeps talking about, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Not even in like a worried way and kind of like a fun, silly way. Like he gets a, he gets a brand new car and he's like, oh my gosh, kill me and bring me to heaven. I'm like, okay. I have a feeling a lot of this is not even from the real story that he, he never did all these talks the way this Zach talks in the movie. Maybe he does, but I read up about the real story and this movie and yeah, they do lie about some things. It's kind of sad because when you get a real story like this, you want to be as faithful as possible. It's not like they didn't try. There was a point where they, they got a bunch of people together and then you saw a photo of the real people. You're like, okay, they kind of look like the real counterparts. But this whole thing about, okay, we got to make this interesting. So let's try to add all these things that didn't happen. It's a risky move for sure, especially about a story that is very tragic. And I don't think this movie pulled it off. It's not that I hate it. There, I think it works for the demographic it's focused on but i was not emotionally uh i was not emotionally attached to the characters here because it was just focused on on this one thing and i i hardly got to know anybody and i'll even say the some of the performances i thought were kind of hokey the the dad for example there's a part where he get there's a side plot of him having an argument with the, his mom uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so corny. Like there, there's a part where he's like, uh, the, the mom's like, why don't you tell me about these things? Honey, I, I know I, I try to tell you. I'm like, dude, 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 stop. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but th- there are scenes that I don't think he was really into his role. And then the, the way they kind of, even resolve it I, i'm not saying it's like the dumbest but it was it was super ridiculous like something that was supposed to be emotional i was like okay this this is way too stupid you guys need know better than not to end it like this but uh cody you go ahead i think everything you're saying is valid and correct but apparently disney completely manipulated me and Maybe because I didn't know what this movie was about and it was cloud. So I was like, oh my God, here's another Disney Plus original I got to watch. So I was pleasantly surprised what this movie was about. And yeah, the acting is a bit hokey and they definitely dramatized the heck out of lots of things that probably did not happen in this poor, unfortunate young man's life. But it's an inspiring story and yeah it manipulated me enough to say it's it definitely hits its demographics and it's a pretty decent film it's not great it's not definitely one of the best movies of even of this genre but i tell you what it's 10 times better than i still believe well that is interesting because i both agree and disagree with that uh yeah, it is be- a better movie than I still believe. And then it also isn't. There are great things, as I mentioned, great messages in here that I think are great. I think kids will really uh, look up to hearing. I mean, 
you know, maybe not at a super young age, but when they get old enough and they have to learn about diseases and, and cancer, there's something that mom says to Zach here that I really, that really kind of touched me. Uh, and I'm not going to say what it is, but it's, it's something that, I mean, that is, is definitely an inspirational quote from a movie that I don't think is really all that great. Cause outside of these scenes that I think that are, are wonderful, there are plenty of scenes just with, with not even cr- uh, cr- cringe acting, but also some very stupid dialogue. Like the love interest in here, she uh, comes up to him knowing about his uh, cancer is like, I don't care, Zach, I love you. You're the love of my life and I'll spend any last moment I have with you. And then just moments later, they're on the bed and she's like, okay, now we're going to have kids and I want to have a, a chicken barn. And like, wait, you know, he, he had cancer and he might not have long to live. Why are you like pro- t- telling him about all these things that aren't going to happen? I'm like, okay, you're, you're setting this up for a forced uh, emotional scene. And there was there were several scenes in this movie that are like that. I mean, where Zach is even teasing his own family members just to get to an emotional part, and where he's like trying to be that awkward brother. And I'm like, okay, it works for its demographic. I I do think I would say yeah, more so than I still believe. But I still believe was so bad it was wildly entertaining uh, of uh, its stupidity and this it kind of gets dull a little bit just because the drama is so staged and you don't really, I, I don't feel anything genuine about it. There is so many, they, they obsess about cancer and him going to die, him talking about death, whether it be out of joking or out of being serious. They get to the point where there's a little girl who's like, are you Zach? I love your song. Are you going to die? And I'm like, okay all right all right that that never happened and i mean you read up the story you know he died in the hospital or no he died at his house in in in, uh, uh 2013 at the age of 18 they changed it in here and how he died in here i will that that's that's the part where i'm like okay i i know this is for a certain demographic but this scene was so bad I uh, dropped my rating from regular decent to low decent. It's not a horrible film per se, but there is so many things about this that could have been great. And it could have been real heartwarming, emotional, very sad. And it was just yet another like cheesy YA novel thing based on something that was real and that could have been used to touch up on very important powerful things the movie kind of talked about a little bit but kind of also got sidetracked in all these other things but uh yeah what about you justin um well the reason why this movie seems like a slog is because it's over it's like two hours and one minute i mean it is long for what it's trying to you know um I think that there is a lot to like in this movie. Uh, I definitely it got dusty in my house a couple of times, uh, a couple of tears streaming down a little face here. Uh, and 
you know, but it is stuff that we've seen before. And it is, it's, it's what makes his story so special to be told, you know? I mean, we see so many of these movies and it is, I guess it is because there is, you know, uh, somebody that will watch it, but, um, you know, his story isn't more unique than the other ones that we've seen, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, but there are a lot of sweet moments in this movie. I love that once, you know, he figured out that he only has a few months to live, that he decides that he just, you know, stop the chemo and kind of just be treated like a regular kid. Um, so uh, he does become, you know, like a, like a heartthrob looking kind of guy that's, uh, that could be the lead of a band, which is what his dream was. Um, I love his relationship and his friendship with his best friend. Uh, you can tell that there are some genuine like love between the two of them. They've been, you know, friends for so long. Uh, and then, um, yeah, when he gets so excited about the car um, and then when his song is on the radio and like the mom, the mom you know, Nev Campbell plays the mother when she hears his song play on the radio and uh, it's just, and then, you know, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they sit down together and talk about what, you know, because the, the doctor gives him a, a list of things that he wants to go and have or do and have before he dies. And it's really hard for the both of them to do this, but they sit down together and they do it. And that was just a really sweet moment as well. Plus the sisters when they're like dying, when he's or dying, when they're crying, when he's playing his song at the end. I, I mean, those are real, real tears. Like those are some really good actors. Cause that's like, I was feeling that moment for them. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's fine. It's nothing, uh, nothing too great, but you know, it did make me cry, which I don't normally do in movies. <laughs> so I have a little soft spot for it, but um, I liked it better than I, I can't, or I still believe for sure. All right. So uh, what would you two give it? I'm going to give it a low good. Yeah. There's the hookiness and if there's some forced things and like Justin said, we've seen this time and time again and it goes through the motions, but also, as he said, those touching moments, he mentions like the relationship with the best friend, the scene with him and the dad in the car singing the song, the scene with him and his mom going over his last rites. There's just enough in here that just manipulated me to feel, feel for what was going on in this story. And got me to like it more than i probably would have so yeah i'm gonna give it a low good i'll give it a regular good because it, yeah. it definitely pulled up the heartstrings and uh you know it, i would recommend it to somebody who likes i still believe well i would for sure say watch this one instead well that i uh i, I mean it works for uh, some people i guess just didn't for me but uh hey you know what that's perfectly fine um that leads us to our last film and this one I was looking forward to because you got a legendary animator, Glenn King. Yeah, he's worked on a lot of amazing Disney properties back in the 90s. So, I mean, Disney has said, hey, you had no more 2D animation. All you guys, you're fired. Or you maybe you work here and you're working on 3D. Well, I would say animators, they don't always stay with one company forever i mean they'll want to venture off and be with someone else and yeah glenn king is one of those people who are like yeah i'm i'm not gonna be with disney anymore i want to do my own thing eventually getting him to this point where he's directing his own movie a film that's kind of in the asian culture talking about the stories of the moon goddess a lot of fantastical things going on this is his 
first venturing into the 3D space, that being a CG film, a CG musical, which is something he's worked on in the past. So maybe him doing this by himself, he could land in another one of those 90s hits. That was a big... Yeah, a big jump. I, like, I just, in I love the culture of it. I just love the visuals. And that's what got me into really wanting to see this film. What the story is, you got... A little girl named Feifei. I mean, it starts with her just having a loving time with her dad. And unfortunately, the mom gets sick and and passes away. So, Classic. yeah, that, that creates uh, an unfortunate moment in her life. Having to uh, carry on in the shop with just her and her dad. Uh, or making mooncakes and other treats. But then another woman comes in uh, her her life that dad might eventually fall in love with and she is not okay with that oh she is not okay with that and then she gets she has a yeah she uh, gets into a little argument just doesn't like the idea of also having a brother so a lot of it is also about the history of the moon goddess and the, the moon spirits and she is like, I'm going to prove my or prove my dad something. I'm going to go over to the moon, find the moon goddess and prove that she is real. And because I, I, I don't want this stupid family. Uh, I want my old family. There is a theme about moving on from, and, and not uh, remaining to be lonely. And that's kind of what we carry through through the film between at their uh, villa or at their uh, town and then up in the fantastical moon village or moon city and the visuals of course that speaks for itself this is a beautiful looking movie it was between going into the town and then going up in the moon there is a lot of color a lot of nice little eye candy going on as far as the whole story goes with Feifei and trying to accept her uh, family I think it started out great with, at the very least, of when it was uh, with her old mom and with her dad. But this whole thing about her not accepting this new possible mom, I I just didn't sympathize with her in the sense that she was super rude to this woman, who is just very nice. She's like, hey, Feifei, I made some nice treats for you. Get away from me. I'm like, okay, Faithy, calm your butt down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a interesting thing to think about. About, you know, if someone in your family dies and another person in the family is thinking about, hey, you want, let's get someone new in here. I don't think I would act the way Faithy did in at least the, the opening parts of this film. It, it just even if you were her age. And well, the reason pe- why the reason why is that they don't at all. If it would be another thing if they came off as like, uh, "Hey, Feifei, guess what? All the stuff that you used to love, yeah, we're I'm taking that all down, and uh, this is my house now, Feifei." If the new mom was just a piece of crud to her, and so was the brother, I would sympathize in some way. But they are they aren't, and they, it comes to that feeling like okay, I, I get it. That is something to be upset about. But you have to you you can't like look at this as a, a hostile 
which I guess is the similar thing about uh, my cat trying to make amends of my <laughs> my uh, little pup because my little pup is new to the family and she doesn't like that. But those are those are animals. Those aren't human beings. Human beings can't. Well, I mean, no, pets have feelings too. I'm not saying that, but human beings they have a wider range to be more aware of things or to kind of have they have a bigger range than dogs and cats so i don't think i don't sympathize with her being a jerk to the new mom and new brother well actually i would say new mom because i I will say that little brother is annoying like through this whole film i i did not uh like his presence which yeah i'll say this this what i what i see what glenn king is doing is that in his own first film you would think okay you're unshackled from disney so you get to make something better than what they'll ever do and i'm not one who thinks hey everything that's not by disney is better it i'd say from a case by case basis of the the talent and the creative vision Take, for example, I think his name is Pablo. He worked on Despicable Me. And then later, he made a film on Netflix that was 2D animated. Klaus. Klaus. That was a really great film. An amazing film. That I think is, yeah. That I, that I think is even better than uh, Despicable Me. All of them. With And I think another thing is he was able to kind of bring back something that is missing a lot in animation as hand-drawn. With Glenn King, he is kind of making his own vision, but at the same time, he's falling into the trappings of of a lot of kid movie. And you notice that before you even get to the moon, there are way too many sidekicks in this. There is a ton of sidekicks. Bungie the rabbit. Bungie the rabbit. Their chin is a sidekick. And then his toad. Yeah, yeah his toad. His toad. Frog. My bad. Whatever. No, I no, I wasn't saying that, but you were wrong. I was just saying. <laughs> yeah. Frog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Uh, yeah. The, the uh, there are when he gets to the moon planet, there's more sidekicks that get introduced, and there's yeah. one sidekick I'll I'll talk about that is oh, oh my th- this character had no reason to be here other than hey you what. He looks cute, and I bet he'll sell toys. Yeah, and that's a lot. Of, yeah, and another thing is that I don't really get to know too much about these characters, and that's also why I don't really sympathize with Feifei's anger or uh, towards the mom and the little brother because you spend a lot of time talking. They spend a lot of time talking about the uh, fantasy history and not really about who they are. I think it would have been better to do maybe just a short rundown of, of this fantastical uh, mythology and then focus on the characters. Cause you think, well, he, man, he's, he's a uh, Disney. He's going to, he, he's worked from Disney. He's going to bring that same Disney quality film or movie. I like not quite. He's kind of bringing in tropes from animated films, even from the lesser Disney movies. But from the greater films, he's not really bringing in that strong storytelling that I've loved from, say, one, for example, Coco, which the art direction is 
kind of looks a little bit similar to it uh when you go you know coco goes to you know the the world of the dead and being yeah this paradise there is a lot of things it's inspired by but doesn't have that strong hearts that the others do and and unfortunately it's sidelined by a lot of times of just trying to appeal to kids by having some of these goofy antics and not all the times am i like okay man why is this the case in fact i'll say while i was kind of annoyed with faith Fay's relationship with the stepmom when she got onto the moon things did get more interesting and not only did things get more interesting but the songs they started out very weak when she got on the moon and i think it's all because of one particular character the moon goddess herself she is an amazing singer even though her song numbers are not like some of the best or anything uh those were the music numbers that i was just kind of humming along and well that's eliza from hamilton yeah so that kind of makes sense and I think she is great in this. Although Eliza from Ham is this, is she not Asian? I think she is. She might be. Okay, never mind. Maybe I'm thinking about a different she character. Are you thinking of the uh, other sister, Angelica? Like, no, not her. <laughs> Jack, hold on. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, she, she had a great. Philippa So, I don't know how to say the last name. Um, yeah, but she, I mean, she owned the musical numbers to this and i think her story is probably the best part narratively about this film because at first you look at her as a a bit of a brat because she's all about hey give me this gift i don't care about you unless you give me what i want and the whole time you're like okay what is this gift and when you find out what this gift is and what it ends up turning into i will i will say this I actually teared up towards the end of this. There is an emotional part of this where they actually come right back around its theme. And it actually worked on me, which is weird because there are plenty of points this film that don't. The worst of it all being when, who's the guy from Crazy Rich Asians? Uh, Who is like the crazy party guy? And he, crap. Yeah, who's an actual doctor in real life. Yeah, no, he has. He's bring up a yeah, lot of he's ads. In hangover. Yeah, he's in Hangover. He's in Community. Yeah, yeah. He plays the sidekick character who's just basically an Olaf knockoff, and I I hated his butt. Like he got on my nerves as soon as he came up, and there wasn't a single moment that I enjoyed him. Even his musical number, I was like, dude, stop. And it, it, he was just another sidekick because we gotta have a lot of them, and we gotta look cute, we gotta look colorful, which. I mean, they're they're entertaining action scenes. I can't say that uh, there weren't scenes where I was really. In fact, all the all throughout the time, regardless of whether or not any of that worked, there wasn't a part where I was looking away from the screen because it is so darn colorful. There are a lot of nice visual scenes going on, and even with some of the set pieces they're trying to uh, go on a chase did it, i was entertained by it but it wasn't an entirely effective movie up until that last bit or that last act and it felt like to me it felt like that uh, one pixar movie from earlier this year to me most of the movie didn't work onward. oh onward 
Yeah, where most of the movie to me did not work at all. It was just trying way too hard to be appealing to little kids. But that beginning and end were highly effective. And it just makes me sad. I wish the whole movie was as good as the beginning and end to it. Or as the moon goddess. I think she was probably the best character of anyone here. And I did tear up, but I was like, man, I, man why, why is this movie better? <laughs> oh my gosh it's, it's so sad but man this movie is just you know what and at the end when it concluded i was like okay if you have kids definitely show them this they're gonna have fun they're gonna laugh at the jokes and then also it's just so pretty to look at but i think watching it i you will get something out of it it's not something i will re-watch again and again but i think what they do with their theme and also just the scenes in the moon and how it wraps up i really did enjoy those parts enough to give it a low good it's not a fantastic movie in my opinion even though i haven't seen a lot of great animated films this year there are definitely ones that are probably better than this i mean soul is gonna come out in december i think even the loop in the third movie i heard that movie is pretty good that's coming out soon the cg loop in the third. away was good uh oh what what movie a whisker away this year oh good. whisker away that's yeah. right that did come out this that year so good oh my gosh yes never mind yeah i i guess because in japan it came out last year i I get confused sometimes with some of these releases, but uh, no, that, that was really good. Yeah. There are some uh, good animated films came out this year. I I've seen a lot more, not good than good. And this one is one of the better ones, but it's not one of Netflix's home hitters. In my opinion, I'm sure they're going to still try to put this up for best animated film of the year. There's, I mean, what, what are some films to even compete with? I, I don't know. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It, it. It's entertaining on its merits enough to where I did get something out of this and I'm glad I'm, I watched it. I hope for something better and I hope Glenn, Glenn King continues to direct. It's just that he's got to capture that love, that strong storytelling. If he really wants to be like a Disney film, which it felt like a lot of the times here, it felt like he was still wanting to be working with he wanted to make his own pixar movie i think either a be your own thing or b if you are going to be like disney look at the things that what people remember disney most not just of the colorful visuals but also those sweet moments uh that make a large impact a long impact uh, impact on them but uh you go ahead and take the forward cody uh i'm in complete agreement with you there's a great story in this movie and it gets bogged down by the the more childish antics they feel like they have to put in this movie yeah there's like too too many sidekicks in this story they would have been just fine with the rabbit and it would have been okay and yeah, um, the Gobo, the dog, whatever he is, he was really annoying and sidetracking. And there are a lot of things when they get to the moon, it's visually striking and colorful and beautiful. But there's a lot of subplot in that chunk of the film that kind of kind of took me out for a moment. Because what really works in this story is the themes, 
and the stories about family and, you know, bringing how food brings family together and tradition. I mean, there's a lot here that is really touching and really good. And while I get how you feel about the main character, you got to think this is a teenager whose world has changed. And now their dad is bringing in this new person. And even though there's nothing wrong with this person, she's a perfectly nice lady. It's not her mom. And things are changing and you're used to the way you make things. And she's like, well, in my family, we do it this way. And yeah, she's trying to be nice and welcoming, but almost any teenager in that situation would kind of feel that way. So I get what you're saying, but that's what's going on there with her. But yeah, this is a really good story, but it gets bogged down by all those things you mentioned. So it goes from being a high good to a low good. But yeah, I really hope Glenn King does more and focuses more on story and character instead of just trying to do the best he can with the animation. You can do both. And this was another pleasant surprise for me because I saw it was a Netflix CGI movie. I didn't know Glenn Keane was involved till I started watching. So all around, all three of these films were pleasant surprises for me. So yeah, I'll give it a low good as well. Uh, Justin? Um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is, this textbook animation movie um yeah nothing too special I, the only thing that really did surprise me was the musical aspect that i didn't know that it was going to be a musical and if you know me i love a good musical so that helped it carry through um but you know there was points in this movie i was like is this mulan is this inside out is this yeah. you know stuff that we've seen before and it i really uh you know, I actually, the part where, you know, she hates her new stepmom is totally relatable. I, I was the same way, especially with the first one that my dad, you know, ended up with after my mom. I mean, it's just, you don't, it's not that she's replacing her, but you just don't even want like that around, you know, you kind of just like, can it just be us type thing? Uh, so I can see where she's coming from from there. But um, uh, that was the only like real thing that was, uh, you know, any sort of like antagonist this movie at all was just the, the stepmom and she was really nice because other than that she had to go upstairs uh, up to the moon to prove that she, you know the moon goddess existed and the way she had to do that was to get the the emblem to her the the gift and um you know turns out that it wasn't even about that at all uh and again that's just a classic thing that we have seen uh there is some good musical uh, notes in here, and she is a fantastic singer, the goddess, definitely. Uh, you know, we have Ken Jong in this, and John Cho, and Margaret Cho, and Sandra Oh, so we do have some um, really good uh, voice actors in it. Uh, visually spectacular, just as you said, but, you know, we've, we've definitely seen this. This is just like uh, clouds, you know. And of course, the mom had to die at the beginning. That's how every Disney princess movie works mother father you know grandmother uh so there's there's just nothing it didn't happen in moana um, but both the parents they were all right no no <laughs> yeah no that is true no i know that's why i added grandmother oh okay um but uh yeah uh <laughs> um no it's gonna be up for best song i bet and they'll try to squeeze in an animation thing but uh it's not better than onward it's not better than it was screwed away uh, it won't be better than Soul. Well, prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Have Soul be really, really crappy. Uh, yeah, this was my least favorite of the week overall. Yeah, I give I, it a little good. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I guess we're all in unison. Yeah, that's the movies we got to talk about this week. And of course, next week is Witches, uh, South Park doing the pandemic, and also On the Rocks on Apple TV+. Plus, which all those movies, they are out right now, but we'll talk about them next week. Yeah. Nothing but the Extra Life event I got going on N- November 7th till November 8th. 24 hours of fun, a lot of prizes given out, cosplay contests, Jackbox games among us. And we are even doing a movie screening, so there is something movie related. We're going to be screening The House of Ghosts, which is an independent film heavily inspired by uh, Hitchcock. Not Hitchcock, William Castle, sorry. Uh, Actually, you can even say the film is very much almost like a remake of uh, The uh, The House on Haunted Hill because it draws a lot of inspiration from it. But it's a very entertaining movie. We're going to be streaming on Twitch along with other things. So it'll be a great event on uh, that time. And of course, this whole thing being recorded. Also, the segments on YouTube uh, and TikTok. And then also, this will be on so many different platforms. You can listen to, you can just type in Ponds Press on your favorite podcast platform or there. Uh, Cody, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Cody's Film Page, on Twitter and Letterboxd at FilmNerd85. And then Justin. I'm at Worth the View Movies on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and Worth the View Movie on Twitter. I also have another podcast that is a narrative scripted podcast that just came out this past, uh, we're doing the uh, Before the Nightmare this week and then next week the actual uh, first episode drops. It's called Koshmar, K-O-S-Z-M-A-R. You can find it same same spots, Apple, Spotify. What? Save that for next week because we are going to actually uh, talk about that. Uh, I want to give that uh, full promotion, but uh, especially that's the day before Halloween, so it's the perfect day to be talking about that. So we'll be viewing those three movies and then, of course, talking about Justin's new podcast uh, that he's a part of. But anyway... Uh, Until next time, take care. See ya.